You're listening to the podcast where you can feast on all the information in the world of sports. Now, here's your host, Tommy Yu. Out of absolutely nowhere, a bonus episode. Well, I guess not out of nowhere. I feel like the last like two, three weeks are pretty consistent with this bonus episode, right there? I mean, haven't you been, like, didn't you tease it in the the chat? Like, I feel like I saw that when I was driving home. (laughs) That's true. Well, this one, I guess, isn't a surprise, but I meant for, like, mostly a bonus one is a bonus, because we do once a week. I I feel like we have to sometimes rehash the format because we have new listeners now, which is kind of cool. But yeah, normally we do about once a week, at least in the regular season, right? Uh, In the off-season, we might kind of dissipate when we take vacations and things like that, but for the most part, I mean... One podcast a week for like a whole year—that's that's not bad, huh? Yeah, it's. I mean, in the summer and like the off season, it's kind of difficult to find things to talk about. Like, it's, it's at a point it becomes like we're just bullshitting for a half hour. Um, but during the season, we have like that format where we break down all the games. We talk about the PDL, so. Yeah, I think that's what I'm trying to do to take it to the next level, because I mean, like, I know a lot of other leagues also do podcasts that cover the league, but I mean, we are such degenerates, we're like, you know what, this is a dynasty league, even in the off-season, we will still make podcast episodes (laughs) and force people to listen to it, but um, this one is special because I think what kind of happened happened out of nowhere. Dare, you're actually obviously the catalyst of me finally kicking into gear and doing this whole initiative. But since when did you text me to transition the was that like Monday? Um, that was the, the, as soon as you were allowed to do it. Yeah. As soon as I saw that the league ended and like they gave out the trophies like Sleeper did, I was like, all right, Tommy can transition. True or false. I know sometimes I exaggerate some points just for humor, but true or false. Literally that Monday morning, you texted me, advance the league so I can make a trade. Like, I, no good morning. No, how you doing? No. Hey, Tommy, aren't you excited for blah? No, just straight up advance the league. I want to make a trade. I had a pretty bad season, so I needed that's something fair. to look forward to. <laughs> but hold on, true or false? Is that is that that's true, right? Oh no, that's that's true. Yeah, I did. I just I said it wasn't exactly those words. It was like so I can try and make a trade because that's, I just, okay. I just needed fair. to get my my fantasy juices flowing again because they were definitely drained from my body throughout the season. But I know in the offseason, we had, or I guess during the season, there was kind of writings on the wall. Everyone knew that Josh was going to leave, but I think it took a lot of people by surprise when the Yowls were kicked, the Philadelphia Yellowhawks, right? Yeah, um, I, I think probably because everyone knows that we are actual friends with them in real life. Um, and they have uh, kind of followed the same, I guess, routine over the last couple years, right? Like they are here, and then they're not here, and then they're here, and then they're not here, so... They're great mm-hmm. when they're here, but it's just hard to keep them here. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's not that um, people didn't like them. It was just that activity level. And I think it sucks because you could tell that Kev put in a lot of effort towards the end of the year to be active. Yeah. But I think the big, not the final straw, because that makes it sound like I'm mad at him. I'm not. Uh, but, like, I guess the final straw, for a lack of a better term, was the fact that I felt like Kev felt really guilty for not being active which is why he was active right and i think that one of the things i always say is well you shouldn't feel obligated to you like you should want to do it like i know there are people out there that would enjoy this league and not feel forced to do it you know and i just want to find those people that do enjoy it so this is just one long segue of saying hey you uh kind of were the catalyst to push things off i knew that i was gonna have to embark on this journey for a while um but yeah we went off and did it was able to get a lot of applicants and yeah that's where we are here today we are able to bring in 
Um, I think first we brought in Michael, and I believe his team name is now the um, California Earthquakes, which is awesome. I already reached out to the designer to start putting together uh, that proof of concept, and I already DM'd them, so that is underway. And he took over Josh's team. And, oh boy, Darren, you are now on the new FCC. For those of you who don't know, the FCC for the upcoming year and maybe for a little while, it's going to be me because the commissioner is always a part of the fantasy um, football council. Uh, I said FCC. I mean FFC. I I always say FCC. But the fantasy football council uh, this upcoming year is going to be comprised of myself, Darren, Max from the Murphy Street Empire, and Welch. Um, from the Dallas Drip. Those are going to be the FFC. Um, I think it's almost... The FFC, it's almost like a... Uh, should be like a photographer at a wedding, right? Like, if you don't notice them, they're doing a good job kind of thing, right? And yeah. a lot of the times yeah. people are like, I don't even know what the Fantasy Football Council even does. I didn't even know it existed. That's a good thing. You don't want to be in action because normally if there's any collusion or any kind of me thinking of... Um, you know, people get upset about people's activity level or saying, hey, this is kind of happening. That's when they come to me, and I don't want to be a dictator and say, okay, let's make all these changes. I then go to the FFC with any kind of concern and say, hey, this is kind of happening. This is kind of what I was thinking. What do you guys think to kind of weigh in? And so it's kind of to be able to keep me honest, which is I know that's going to make Mike Servos from the Southern Oregon Smoke very happy because I know he thinks I'm uh, not just me, but I feel like anytime there's an uh, – a possibility that I could be corrupt, he immediately thinks I am. So I think he should at least be happy that the Fantasy Football Council exists to be able to counteract that, right? Yeah, I, I think the last time that the FCC, that's what it, FCC is. FFC, was. Fantasy FFC. Football Council. Um, <laughs> the last time that that was, FCC is federal something. It's like a government agency. Yeah, I think that's why um, we keep saying FCC, because that actually exists in real life. Yeah, so, but I think the last time that it was called in was the Kadarius Tony trade, where that... Anthony was his name Anthony where he got kicked um because the league had a fucking meltdown um you know and that was the, like Steve was said he was on it this entire year and he didn't do anything at all which is a good thing that's what you want you don't want the league devastating kind of things to come up during the season especially um it's like yeah the reason I bring it up is because I did want to give you guys a quick shout out for um going through this whole process with me um, I know it was a short turnaround in which we were able to get said owners, but I feel like I put a good amount of hours into this. Dare, you were just a small part of it when um, I started to have some additional applicants kind of run through. But remember, all you saw was my top final candidates. I have filtered through, I think, in total. Uh, at one point, we we're at 17 submissions, but now uh, overnight, it kind of bumped up, and now I was right around, I think, like 27 submissions. So outside of that, I have to then make contact with them, do interview. It's it's a, it's a mess. So I'm glad by the time it reached you guys, about 90% of the work have already been done. But um, yeah, how was it from your side? Uh, you don't have to speak to it in specifics, but hopefully it was an enjoyable process. And do you feel confident with the two candidates that were submitted and selected? Um, you know, I was honestly the most shocked that somebody wanted to take on Josh's team so quickly. I know that like I told you, like me and you texting, I was like, I, I would love to have the opportunity to try and fix Josh's team. But I was like, it's going to need a certain kind of crazy person to want to take on that mess. And I was like, how did you find this person this fast? 
I know. I, I, I'm hoping to be able to get both of them on a podcast, so we both have an opportunity to do like a little interview Q&A, so I don't want to spoil it too much. But when Michael originally looked at it, he obviously saw both teams because I advertised both teams. And he was like, oh my God, someone sadistic would have to take like the rebuild team. And then he almost like talked himself into it. He was like, oh man, that would be kind of crazy though, right? Like, I, you know, I, I think I could do that. And then he kind of was like, no, I can do it. And then as soon as that happened, remember I rushed back to the FFC and I was like, guys, I think I found him. Not just like it happens that he's taking over Josh's team, the dumpster fire, but I would have wanted Michael in here regardless of what team he chose. And it's just the fact that he had that mentality. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be a home run. And I remember after we got him in the FFC, we kind of popped champagne metaphorically and did a victory lap being like, yo, Michael's awesome. This is great. And then I remember this morning and even la- last night, I guess I was saying, hey, I-, I have this other person that's that's like really sitting with me. And you guys are like, all right, um, here, let's give it overnight, because like I said, it hasn't even been a full 24 hours since we were kind of taking as many applicants as we have. And this morning I did a handful more interviews. And I said, no, guys, I-, I think this is it. And I'm referencing Tanny. He came in, was able to uh, take over for uh, Kev's team, which was obviously removed, not because he was bad or anything like that. Neither was Josh. It was both activity level reasons. Uh, But Tanny came in, and I believe they're the Boulder Bears now, also going to be um, reached out to the designer. I have the concept. Really excited to see the perf. Uh, the proof and revisions there. And I know you were part of this when we did this for Carolina. I'm doing the same thing for them as their welcoming present. Uh, but yeah, very first uh, early, impre- like early, early impressions, because it hasn't even been essentially 24 hours since either of them have been here. And I guess I'm putting you on the spot, but um, I think it's breathing a lot of energy and life into the league so far, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think every time we've done this, it's made the league better. So I think it's for the best. Um, and we are definitely going to highlight that because I know uh, the two new listeners now are saying, oh, wait, uh, like who? And a lot of them are probably thinking, oh, these probably are just a bunch of high school friends that all decided to make a league. But I think a lot of them are going to be shocked because now, after the yells are gone, I think in real life, I have only know about two of you, right? It's just you and Brett. That, that's all I know in real life, I think. Um, yeah, right, because Jensen's gone now. Yeah, um, and the yells are, yeah. Um, And the reason I wanted to do this podcast is because I wanted to let uh, all the new owners kind of get to know a little bit about everyone because it could be overwhelming when all you see is the screen names and then you hear us using first names and you're like, what is happening? So this is going to be the episode to kind of reference for to kind of say, all right, who's this? Who's that? And I'm going to try my best to kind of connect those. And the way that we're going to go over each team is, hey, the draft order was just selected and put there. Darren, I'm actually surprised you didn't call me immediately and say, Tommy, you didn't update this. Do it right now. <laughs> and so I was actually like, I assumed it was already updated because you didn't tell me. But um, if I didn't I did, have to go in the office. I would have. I know you definitely would have. But uh, with that being said, we're going to just go in that draft order and talk about each team. The very first one is, uh, how would you pronounce this? Is it Halcyon Days? Yes, I think so. Um, that's that's what I think. Halcyon Days. Huh, sorry. It's from a song he posted in the chat like a long time ago. I, it's it, I, I forget. But I exactly just want to make sure. Is. Like I know, I think I know what the reference is in four, but I just never really knew how to enunciate it because English is my second language. So anytime I enunciate anything wrong or poorly, 
uh, or use poor grammar like I just did there, that's always my default excuse is English is actually my second language, so relax. But anyway, Halcyon Days, this is the person that we refer to as Greg. Greg is actually one of the newest members of the PDL. This past season was actually his very first one. When he took over, he absolutely gutted the team. Uh, but before we, I guess, talk about his team, let's talk a little bit more about Greg the person. From everything I know, he grew up in Pittsburgh. And then he took a job eventually after graduation over in Canada somewhere. And ever since, he's been super international, which is the right way to go because uh, America is a shit show. So he essentially left. And now I believe he resides right around Germany right now with his girlfriend. So he is the only international PDL member, the biggest time difference. But... um. I, I never ever question his participation because this guy is a madman. Sometimes this guy has to like set alarms to watch games. Um, but yeah, he has much more devotion than anyone else in the league. So I'll never ever question Greg. But um, yeah, Dare, what are did, did I hit all the bases on Greg? Did I, did I hog all the airtime? Um, no, I, I mean I think you covered it pretty well. I think Greg's a super smart guy, very good owner. He took over a very bad team as well. Um, so his team actually looks as bad as it does now because uh, the owner of one of the new teams was so bad that he had to make his team even worse. <laughs> so Yeah, so actually let's talk about that. So Greg went into the season with a pretty gutted squad. And because yeah. the PDL has an integrity rule, you have to at least set your best lineup. You can't just be like, oh, this guy's on a bye, let me start him because I want to lose. That is, that's not going to fly here. But he found essentially a loophole saying, well, he said I have to support my best roster. What if my best roster is literally just trash? And, I mean, that's the loophole. So he started really poorly as everyone expected but josh the team that michael took over um yeah he was struggling there's a reason he's not a part of the league unfortunately anymore but he did so poorly that at one point greg was doing better than josh's team right Um, and this is a guy that was trying to lose yeah he was doing his best to lose and he won a game it was like 5.16 or whatever, but he won. And then he saw on the other side how poorly Josh was running his team. And he was like, dude, I got to trade Ayuk. I got to trade away every other thing of value I have so that I can score like 30 points a week. Because he was honestly nervous that when he played Josh later in the season, he was going to lose to Josh. He was going to lose the Bijan Bowl. Like, remember how much of a big deal he made the Bijan Bowl? Yeah, and he was like, I can't lose the 101 to Josh, who and Josh didn't even have his own pick. So that's like the sheer level of incompetence we are dealing with here. <laughs> I feel like Michael and Tanny are going to get to know Josh, even though they never got to meet Josh. It's like the lore yeah. of Gabe, which is a whole nother story. We don't have to go in there. But that that is Greg. Greg is relatively new. He is international. Um, but already he's probably one of my favorite owners in the league. And I can say that. I don't I don't give a fuck about all of you. Well, Darren, I do love you, I guess, but I do love Greg, even though he probably resents me, but he's been a fantastic addition to the league. And because of the person Greg is, that's honestly what kind of fueled me to ensure that I have to be really thorough with this upcoming two new additions to the league just because of how successful he was. So that's Greg. Right now, he's absolutely tanking. He owns 101, and he'll prop, and he definitely owns 101 for next year, too, because unfortunately, um, it looks like he also owns Michaels now first round pick uh the next year right yeah so he uh, um i'm sorry uh to michael 
you are going to be bad for quite a while. I know you know this going in, but it's not your fault. <laughs> Actually, this is a great segue because let's. I was going to say, all right, what's next in the draft order? Well, it is Josh's team. So, Michael, the team that you took over was famously or infamously known as the Vatican City Cardinal. Mm-hmm. Um, probably one of the weaker names in the PDL uh, when it's all said and done, huh? Um, I think so. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be too mean to Josh, but, you know. Wow, you know, I, this is the episode you're going to be nice. You shit on him, literally. He's gone now, <laughs> but I mean, oh yeah, I know you goodness. know I have a lot to say about Josh, but I don't want to be too mean. It's like it's like when, you know, when somebody dies, you don't want to, like, stomp on their grave. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, okay, that's fair. So, Vatican City Cardinals is the team that Michael took over. Darren, can you do a – I know we already kind of – touched on this already when we we're just talking about greg because we kind of had to but mm-hmm. now we're fully talking about josh's team I, no that's uh, not fair to say josh's team but now michael's team um can you talk a little bit about the history and how this team got here because this team is incredibly infamous in the pdl yes so josh is an extraordinary flip-flopper he would decide he was going to tank, and then he was going to win, and then he was going to tank, and then he was going to win. And this is a guy who left the startup uh, dynasty draft without a quarterback in a superflex league. So when he left, he left the inaugural you know veteran draft and the rookie draft. He had the 101 in the draft where Kyler Murray was available, and he traded that for basically nothing. It turned traded out him to he, Max for no reason, literally no out, reason at all. Kyler Murray, he turned into, I think the picks turned into Daniel Jones and Andy Isabella. So that's how he made out on that trade. Um, (laughs) It's just kind of things like that that Josh did all the time. Um, He would just decide one day. He was like, "Ah, I don't like this player. And then he would just trade him for like pennies. Um, It was moves like that consistently that made this team look how it is, Michael. Um, So he would just like, he would buy high, sell low, and that's obviously how you can end up with a team like that. Um, I know that a lot of people benefited from Josh's mistakes. Um, Steve I wouldn't being... have two championships right now if it weren't for Josh. Um, yes. Josh so gave me Joe Burrow Steve twice. Benefited. Yes, and then he tried to buy him back after. Oh, then... I, I could have taken everything, but I looked at his team and I was like, dude, you could give me your whole team and I still don't want that. So, like, before the season, right, so Josh didn't have his pick this year, and he won't have his pick next year. Um, now, Michael being in that situation, um, he knew this. Sorry, Michael. Right? He, he knew this. Going into the season, he knew he didn't have his 23 and 24 pick. So, he had a team at the beginning of the season, um, which probably wouldn't have worked out at the end of the day anyway. But uh, in the beginning of the season, he had, like, a really, not really good, but he had a pretty good roster. Like, it was like a playoff contender. Um, like, he had... Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, Jared Goff. Um, I forget who his tight end was, but it was somebody decent. Um, then he had, like, Tyler Lockett. He had, like, a bunch of, like, really decent players. Um, and then one day he woke up and he was like, I'm selling everybody. And <laughs> everybody was fucking gone. And then you see how, like, everyone um, that he sold. Greg still sold has nightmares about that day. It makes it makes no sense. Like the players that he bought from Greg, he like he bought uh, Aaron Rodgers for four second round picks, and I don't think anyone else was bidding that high. So he just bid against himself. It was just I'm I'm sorry, Michael, but <laughs> it's gonna that's take a while. That's how your team got here, but that's the point of this podcast, right? Trying to paint a little bit about how they got here. A little bit. I know they probably yeah. already listened to the history of the PDL, but this is giving you a much more yeah, updated one. But... I think 
for the, for the new guys, it's more important for them to hear about how their teams got to where they are. Because exactly, they, and um, why they're taking over and stuff like that. I, I know that Michael was like, I saw him in the chat, and this is when Josh was still in the chat, and he was like, oh yeah, these guys changed their mind and stuff. It's not us, it's Josh. He was the one that did that. He would <laughs> he set the market on every single trade that's ever happened. Um, he traded a first-round pick for Teddy Bridgewater. So that first-round pick that you don't have next year, Michael, that will probably be the 101. That was traded for Teddy Bridgewater, just so you know. Why are you doing this to Michael? <laughs> I'm just letting him know. So that, that pick that will probably be like, you know, K- Caleb Williams or Marvin Harrison, that was traded for Teddy Bridgewater, just so you know. <laughs> but that is actually a perfect way to kind of describe the state of the team, state of Josh, I guess, on how it got there. And it should be really helpful because you should look at the roster and say, how did this happen? Um, Darren could write a book on how that happened, and he would still have even more to write. So with that being said, let's jump over to the next team, and that is the Dallas Drip. Welch, good old Matt Welch. I know they already listened to the History Pod, so I don't have to really go into the Oregon squad because there is a core amount of Oregon, like the group. But Welch is awesome. He came runner-up the inaugural season, so he came in second place so, so close until Aaron Jones literally ate, like, his soul. So till this very day, Welch absolutely despises Aaron Jones, which I think is absolute classic. But, yeah, right now, Dallas Strip, they're currently um, rebuilding. They're one of, I would say, the f- one of the first rebuilds, I guess, that was, like, intentionally a rebuild. Does that make sense? Outside um, of, I guess, like well, Hollywood, but yeah, uh, we'll talk about Hollywood when we get there. But, um, but, but like the Dallas Strip and Welch, they're they're one of the first two, right? Um, I think so, right? Like because he essentially came in second, and then I think the season after that didn't really go as planned, and then he decided not to like blow it up, but but then he decided, all right, now let me try to rebuild and yeah. now you can see he's already on the upswing of he's only really one off season and one full season into the rebuild that's why he has the trevor lawrence pieces and all that kind of fun stuff and he has three first round picks heading into this upcoming season or sorry draft as well so um that's kind of the state of the dallas strip what am i missing here yeah i think so and and welch is a you know he's a great guy um he is definitely pained by losing these games because he is the kind of guy that wants to win now but he looked at his team he saw a bunch of old farts and he was like i gotta sell these guys (laughs) and he was like it's not it's not working because he looked at the top of the leaderboard and he was like those teams um meaning like you and max when he looked at that up at the top there he was like yeah i can't compete with this team so then he decided he had to do a rebuild and now he has you know trevor lawrence Brees hall um, he has Drake London, the Drake London, yeah. kind of guys that you can really. Dallas Goddard, he is not upset. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's it's better off that he did it. Obviously, you know, you have to take your lumps for a little while there, but I think but he's he also has two of the top three picks in this upcoming yeah. draft too, right? Two and three. Yeah, so he's gonna probably add. I know, you know, like Bryce Young, maybe C.J. Stroud, or um, maybe. Greg is really pulling the wool over our eyes, and he'll get Bijan in there. So I, I don't, I don't think Greg's going to pass on Bijan because it, I, I would love to have Bijan even if my team was terrible, just because like you would have Bijan. <laughs> I like how you say that as if you're like I don't even need Darren. Running back is literally the position you need. You would cry for Bijan. Get out of here. <laughs> I would. I would like to have Bijan. But you're like oh, I would draft Bijan despite the fact I, I would to. want seven receivers ahead of him. 
<laughs> if I had to. I mean, I don't know. If Jack Actually, hold on, Jigba... hold on, hold on. Wait, this is a perfect segue. The next team we're talking about, number four, the Carolina Thunder. Now yes, we're talking you. about your team, Darren. <laughs> All right, let me do a little bit of uh, uh, talking up top because I always do and I ramble. But this is my good old friend, Darren. Uh, we went to high school together. Um, one of my lifelong friends uh, just recently got married. But he is the propaganda master, the, uh, the economy setter when it comes to the PDL. In the PDL, you're going to find that draft picks reign supreme. And anyone over the age of 25 to 26 is just dog shit. Um, a lot of people are saying, well, no, yeah, Mike. Mike also hates old people. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But who has the bigger voice? That's Darren, because Darren and I literally host the podcast. So all too often in this podcast, you're going to hear Darren talk about some stout veteran. Um, and to put Darren into context, um, he loves young people. He loves unproven superstars. Um, to the point where he finally forced himself to trade for a veteran. This is out of his mouth. A veteran. <laughs> Who did he get? Fucking DJ Moore. Not he saying he's not a veteran. Hold, hold on, Darren. <laughs> I'm not saying he's not a veteran, but I just want to paint the picture. When Darren finally convinced himself, saying, my team is too young. I need to get someone reliable, a veteran. Tommy is forcing me to do this. Where, you know, I would have thought he would have shot for the stars. You know, get a Devontae Adams. Get a... You know, one of these older guys, a Stefan Diggs. That's what I did at the beginning. Of the year. I went and got Stefan Diggs. That's what I thought he was going to get. He had the draft capital. What does he do? DJ Moore. Uh, so that kind of paints the picture of who Darren is. He was supposed to have a phenomenal, pheno- he, I think you were ranked Third. number yeah, three. And so we do a preseason ranking every single year where you know how the NFL does the top 100. I send an anonymous poll out to every owner to rank every single owner before the season starts. And then uh, I reveal it. We reveal it on a podcast episode. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, Darren was number three. And that's not preposterous because if you looked at every single dynasty like ranker and things like that, Darren would actually be number one on a lot yeah, of those as I, well. I so actually- his team. I, I came in fourth in the league, and I'm actually still first on keep trade cut, which makes no fucking sense. But, See? You know. <laughs> yeah. And so he missed the playoffs. He had what we call the uh, Watson curse because he had Deshaun Watson on his team. It was a big, yeah. uh, a lot of fun. But his team really, really failed to meet the standard. So now we find Aaron after a disappointing season. Uh, he has the tons of draft capital you have three first round picks this year how many first round picks do you i think you have what eight first round picks to the next three drafts um not eight but i have three this year i have two next year and then i think i have one in that year oh, just that. one so six six in the next three yeah. draft that's unbelievable so darren is the type of guy who will always have draft capital because he's a big part of the reason why draft prices in the PDL is priced substantially higher than you're used to in other dynasty leagues. So anytime you hear about us talking about prices of whatever, just please keep in mind, it's the PDL prices that kind of is created by Darren. Really? He likes to blame other people, but it's Darren, but that's a good introduction to you, bud. How about you talk about your team a little bit more if you want? Um, Well, if they want, they can listen to the last pod where I did a little rant of how my season went. Oh, that's right. Um, I did give you the spotlight for that. You did deserve it, though, because Darren was a really good sport the whole time. Like, I would have I would have yeah. been actually depressed. It, it was a very miserable season. Um, I thought it was going to go better. Uh, I think it was, like, Tom Brady gave me hope because, like, I expected, you know, when Deshaun Watson was suspended for 11 games or whatever it was, I was like, yeah, probably, it might not be, like, that great. Um, and then, like, I thought I I thought Baker was going to be way better than he was in Carolina. 
um, which is part of the reason why I bought DJ Moore. Uh, Matt Ryan, I did not think he was washed because he was actually pretty good in like the analytical stuff last year in Atlanta. So I was like, ah, Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, they can hold down the fort until Deshaun Watson comes back. Nope, Matt Ryan was washed. Baker Mayfield sucked ass, <laughs> and t- Tom Brady wasn't even that good. So he, I, Tom Brady is the quarterback eleven. So it's weird that like Tom Brady wasn't that good this year. But I guess it was just because he was like consistently average that put him in the top twelve. I don't know that, and um, I feel like every single quarterback got hurt this year. Teams, yeah. I, I think there was like that one record that like forty some starting quarterbacks or forty some quarterbacks started a game yeah. this year or something like that, which is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but painful. yeah, so Dare, I guess you're you're kind of in a unique position because obviously your team is very, very ready to win now I with think, all the capital. But at the same time, though, you're kind of building. I think though that this this year was kind of a wake up call. Excuse me. Um that like I don't like I don't think my team is anywhere near as good as yours. Um I scored like seven hundred less points. So unless you decide to kinda burn it down, I'm probably just gonna keep building. <laughs> Just try to continue to build that super team rather than saying, all right, yeah, let me like, just try to cash in now to compete. That makes sense. Yeah, like if I win, like if you, unless you decide, like I'm gonna I'm gonna trade Christian McCaffrey, I'm gonna trade this guy, I'm gonna trade that guy. I'm probably just gonna be like, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll shoot for 2024. <laughs> I'll wait until Tommy's done. And my and guys then, are all like, and super then that's my turn. Stuff, <laughs> but you know, I uh, I I just I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no, I just kind of want to paint that little picture. But yeah, of course, you get a little bit more face time because I get to pick on you. You're always a good sport. And uh, yeah, Carolina Thunder. It's going to be interesting to see what you guys do because you guys have that three first round picks. So you guys are going to dictate a big part of the upcoming draft. So I'm really excited to see how many more unnecessary wide receivers you add, because I know you will at least get one wide receiver because you oh, yeah. won't be able to help yourself, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you see... Uh, like to the, you, you you want to take three, but you're telling yourself like, no, nah, I, I, I just can't. Three. I hate <laughs> hate running backs. Um, I oh, can you tell was, uh, Michael and Tanny the you had three first round picks, right? This past draft, yeah. Who, I drafted what were the three picks that you took? <laughs> I took um, Traylon Burks, uh, Garrett Wilson, and Chris Olave. Oh, yeah, and then did. I and then I traded back into the third round to draft Wondell Robinson. So I actually drafted <laughs> four wide <bar> receivers. <laughs> yeah, and if Darren could have it his way, like in a vacuum, he's like, yeah, no, I would take three wide receivers with the picks that I have, absolutely, and you yeah. would feel so I, good about it. I have and I'm just not letting it happen. Six, I'm bullying you. I have six picks in this draft. If I could draft six wide receivers, I, I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Actually, no, this is really valuable uh, information for Michael and Tanny. Well, not really Michael, because Michael has absolutely no one, but just to kind of put in the back of his mind, at least. But let's move on and talk about one of the most polarizing owners in the league, Mr. Mike Servos, because now we have two mics. Maybe I should just refer to this Mike as Servos, because I realize the Oregon guys call him Servos all the time, and I just call him Mike. So maybe, yeah, we'll just call him Servos, because that is obviously his name on here as well. So Servos, one of the most infamous guys because he's freaking awesome. Like when you talk to him, but for some reason in like Sleeper and in text, he's like the most. I guess pull because I feel like he just goes against the grain for everything, just for the sake of going against the grain. Is that kind of like fair? He's not like picking yes. a fight. He's just like a good devil's advocate person. Yes, I, I think so. I think he loves loves to be the devil's advocate. Like that. he should have been a lawyer, dude. It really gets his rocks off. Like, he loves just arguing everything. (laughs) 
like I, I joke saying, all right, one day me as commissioner, I'll say, all right, everyone, tell me your Venmo so I could just give you free $20. Mike will be like, no, no, I don't, no one, no one should get $20, especially not me. I'll be like, what? What is happening right now? You could literally be like, no, I need he, I need to work for that. I, I need you can't just give that to me. I, like, I, exactly. The only time he won't do that is if like if it's like a trade. He'd be like, yeah, yeah, you could you could just send over Christian McCaffrey for nothing. But mm-hmm. if it's for like anything like rule change, like anything, he'll just just be the devil's advocate. Even but, if it was like, no. <laughs> all right, Mike, you get to play Greg twice, and you get to play Michael's team twice. And he'd be like, no, that's not, that's too easy. I don't want that. <laughs> no, I could just be like, you just play Michael's team all 14 times. and be like, absolutely not. No way. There's no way. I don't want the buy. I don't want that. <laughs> I don't even want the championship anymore. But um, uh, all, all good and fun. But I, I have to bring up one more thing about Mike before we break down his team. One of the most infamous traits about Michael Servos is... He loves to be like a rookie draft terrorist and hold it hostage oh, from everyone. <laughs> Anytime he's on the clock, he just he just takes all of it. So the thing about the PDL, I know the new owners, Michael and Tanya, will probably look at him and be like, wait, what? 24 hours slow drive? No way. That shouldn't be. That's that's kind of more of like a symbol. There's no real time limit um, when the rookie draft starts. But it's there's like an understanding. We respect each other, right? And you would think... That when you're on the clock, and a perfect example of this was the Trevor Lawrence draft. I think Mike had picked two two and three, right? Yeah. And everyone and their grandmothers knew Jensen at the time was going to select Trevor Lawrence with the 101. So, like, months. For months since I've updated the draft order, when he knew he was picked 102 and 103, he knew he had Anyone he could have in the draft except Trevor Lawrence. Literally anyone. He could trade it. He could do whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to make that decision for him. And it just so happens by the time he's on the clock, you would have already thought he put all the strategy on. I think just to, like, get his rocks off, I I know he did it as a joke, but, like, when he was on the clock, he's like, all right, does anyone trade for this pick? Like, (laughs) does anyone want this? And I was just like, oh, my God. But literally, it could be the seventh pick in the third round. It could be the first pick in the first round. Mike will take the same amount of time, and it's, like, over under eight hours every single time. He won't be sleeping. He won't be at work. He won't be at the – he could just be watching a TV show. I don't know. Like, I can remember in the startup draft when I was – back then I was your co-owner, and I – You were, like, blown away. Oh, I only knew him back then as Sir Voss because I didn't know his first name or anything. Like, I wasn't as invested because I was just your, your co-owner. And I was yeah, like, you, were like, fully, you had, like, Voss one foot guy. in the league. But you're oh like, who the God. fuck is this guy? He was driving me fucking nuts because he was right before our pick, I'm pretty sure. And, it and was every like, time it would come to that point, it would just come to a dead stop. Like, it would be like, like the owners 12 hours. And, like, I, you know, if you go to sleep or whatever, like, I, I get that. But he would be awake and like putting in the chat. He'll be in like chat. texting in the chat, just like other stuff. And we're like, dude, you're on the clock. It's like, yeah, yeah no. It's like, hurry the fuck up. Like, you, like at worst, <laughs> you're choosing between what, three, four players at that time. So just like pick, pick who you like the best and fucking move on. But it's like with him, it's like I got to exhaust all options before I can move on. That is a perfect segue to kind of talk about his team because Mike has a phenomenal team. He kind of had a very similar path as you, Darren. Um, ranked very highly in the preseason. On paper, his team looks awesome, but it just did not deliver. And Mike, kind of like you mentioned, he likes to exhaust all of his options before, you know, deciding. I think the biggest moniker he used to have was he was very trigger shy 
Um, I could literally offer him a perfect trade on a platter and he'll just think about it for a yep. while. And yep. then he'll just come back saying no. And I'm like, you offered it to me. Well, how is it a no now? I said yes. And it's it's a little weird, fun things like that. But now the status of his team, I guess it is very reminiscent of yours because I guess both of you kind of have a very similar ideology. Both of you guys are like very, very young players. You guys yes. love the potential, the yeah. superstar, the it factor, that kind of things. And anytime it's like a consistent veteran, like Dan, you would never be caught dead ever with like a Tyler Lockett on your team. Like even when Tyler Lockett yeah. was like 26, you're like, nope, I, enough, don't well, worry. If he was 26, I, I would be interested. But that, now that's, he's fair. 30. that's fair. <laughs> if, that's fair. So I, I was talking because um, in, in the season when I was, you know, I was pretty desperate. I, I inquired about Aaron Jones. Um, you threw up in your mouth a little bit first that, when you even said that name. When, when Aaron, I almost threw up a little bit. Um, when Aaron Jones was 27, I was like, yeah, I <laughs> guess I could maybe stomach it. Now that he's 28, nope. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. Like, he's just literally on your do not... It's like, he's not even on your do not trade list. It's like, I don't even acknowledge his name in my vocabulary anymore. Like, if he was on my team... And and this is kind of a negative in a way, um, because I... Uh, you have a problem. Probably, yeah, I would probably... Tra- aside from quarterback, I'll probably trade away guys too a little too early. Like, I, I try to be, like, you know, the... Uh, the we kind of trade Derrick Henry like five years ago. Well, at least one. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know he was top five this year, but I would have definitely. Hold on, hold on. Him. Let's get back to Mike. Let's get back to Mike. This is Mike's time. Um. Yeah. Well, he was ranked in the top four with me. He was ranked fourth behind me, and he finished bottom five with me. <laughs> so, um, you know, I guess that moral of the story is: don't go super young, or you'll be at the bottom of the rankings. <laughs> And so it's kind of the tale of two tapes because obviously the way that the season went impacted both of you guys. But I feel like Mike tilted. I'm sure you tilted very hard too, Darren, and maybe you masked it very well. But Mike yeah. just went on a tilt spree. And this yeah. isn't necessarily saying he traded or did anything, but he was just like, just I, I don't even know what his strategy is anymore. <laughs> I think that um, Mike wouldn't have been so mad if he didn't have his first round pick with me of all people it could have been anybody else but because it was with me he was furious and he just he just hates when i do anything good and he loves when i do anything bad like that is just makes him the happiest guy alive it's if, if i screw up somehow like that uh Cortland sutton trade with for amon ross st brown like when i traded him away um at the time he was complaining he was like what the fuck like this is ridiculous and then like um, once Amon Ra popped off, that was his favorite trade ever because I screwed up. <laughs> like that's the thing. Every then he, I have his first round pick, so he was the one point oh five. So he was like knew it was going to be a relatively high pick, and I know he probably wanted to do everything he could to make that pick even lower, but he just can't bring himself to trading away any more picks because that's just how Mike is, and we are similar in that way because. It pains me to trade away draft picks. It really does. But um, sometimes you got to do it, I guess. Like, if I was Mike, I am so spiteful to a fact that if I traded away my first pick like that, I knew it was going to be top five. I definitely would have bought some old farts. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, it's really interesting because both of you guys had very similar seasons. And both of you guys, like, team and 
ideology and makeup is also very very similar so it's it's just kind of it's kind of interesting to see all the parallels because now from here i'm interested to see how like which direction both of you guys go because it could go any number of ways so depending on how one of the strategies go i could be like there that could have been you or it, let's say you mess up be like man you know what mike did man this this also could have been you so really really interesting to see where things shake up so let's move on and talk about uh oh ty ty wsap jeff uh to us he's just known as jeff uh from the wichita whirlwind one of the newer owners wow. as well not as that is T-Y-W-S-A-P Jeff. I've been saying, like, pronouncing that in my head, Ty Swap Jeff, this whole time. Like, he's been here for, like, a year. <laughs> <laughs> so I might be a tad dyslexic, I guess, because it's I right. that's, that, that, that's why I'm here for you. That's why when I had the slow, I was like, wait, am I saying these letters in the yeah, right order? I've been reading that Ty Swap Jeff for, like, a year. I thought it was Ty Swap Jeff, but it is not. It is... Ty W. Sap Jeff. We have to ask Jeff how that is pronounced, because I have... Ty, is that like what is that? T Y W S A P. Like, what could that even stand for? Yeah, is I actually that... have. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Now, it's now my tinfoil be, like, hat's initials on. of something, or I don't know. Maybe he just put some random letters in there too. <laughs> Maybe but getting... anyway, anyway, hold on, hold on. Let, let's get back on track with Jeff. Okay, Jeff okay. is also a newish owner. The last season was his first season as well, and the way I actually got introduced with Jeff was through another owner that we're going to get to in a little bit. Um, and when uh, his name is Brian. He is the owner of the Hollywood Hustle. But mm-hmm. I got to know him through Brian because Brian and I actually used to do a sports podcast together. And he currently has a full-time gig doing that. But once again, we'll break that down when we get to Brian. But I was also introduced because Jeff also had his podcast. And Jeff was a listener of Brian's sports podcast. So that's kind of how I got to know Jeff. And when we had an opening, I reached out to him. And ever since, he's been off and running. And he has been a phenomenal addition to the league. And he actually has a little fun um record i guess in the pdl he etched himself into history because he was the very first team to reach that seventh new team that made it into the playoffs as the wild card i know in the previous how we said how we might scrap the seventh and go back to six and add that as a wild card but regardless whatever change happens jeff still made history because his team was the very first team to be able to get it so he was able to have a uh, taste a little bit of the postseason unfortunately got knocked out by me actually and that's kind of where his team is currently at uh his team has some pretty solid contributors like uh, t higgins and all that kind of fun stuff um but yeah what else am i missing on wichita whirlwind's owner um i don't know Jeff's a super nice guy. He's the only guy from the Midwest, I think. Um, right over in Kansas, yeah, that's yeah. a good point. He's like Braves tornadoes and stuff. I think he's like kind of he's kind of middle of the road in his thinking. I think he wants to have like that blend of young guys and old guys, which is I think good. Um, I have come to I like realize how you call that, that middle he... of the road. <laughs> <laughs> he has this like strategy that's like a very very mediocre. <laughs> well, not not in that sense. I mean, like middle of the road in the age timeline. Like, oh, gotcha. He, he wants to have he likes his to shoot right age. for the middle. Yeah, like my. He sees a rookie. Age. He's like, hey, are you holding hands with your vet? Where, where, where's your vet? <laughs> yeah, you need you need a buddy. You need a a big sister on your team. Um, you need one of those, but. Um, I think he has like a Ron, Ramondre Stevenson, but he pairs him with an Aaron Jones. If he has a, uh, T Higgins, he pairs him with a Keenan Allen. So he has that old guy, young guy kind of camaraderie going. Um, I think he's that's building a good team. locker room, man. 
Yeah, like I feel like he has no headaches. Like I had Deshaun Watson. I used to have Antonio Brown. Um, I Andrew Luck had to retire early from your squad because, like, fuck well, this. This Andrew locker room is <laughs> fucked. Andrew Luck retired. I think like the day I took over the team. <laughs> it was like <laughs> immediately after the new owner <laughs> came in. He was like, "I'm out. I, I am out." <laughs> like, I took the team, and I think I took the team, and then that summer. Or I forget exactly how it was, but I like I had Andrew Luck and I was like, cool, like I have Andrew Luck and then he retired and I was like, what the fuck? Now I have no quarterbacks. <laughs> I was like, this is absolutely terrible. It was like Andrew Luck and Mitch Trubisky and I, I know, I know that you know how much I hated Mitch Trubisky. So like I was like, this is Mitchell fucking Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, I forgot he goes by that now. Whatever. He doesn't I only like to correct you just to get you more mad because I knew how much you hated him. But regardless, (laughs) Jeff does have a good uh, mix of a squad. I'm really interested to see what he does this offseason, though, because that should give us a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, unlike some of the owners, like one way or the other, like some guys go too headfirst into the old guy pool and some go too headfirst into the young guy pool. Um, he's he's in the middle. He's What's your prediction? I think I think Jeff strikes me as like a guy who 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 would want to win, right? I I think so, but I think this season might have changed his mind um, because he came in seventh. So I think he might. I don't know. He might try and trade some of those older guys and then just like kind of rebuild a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know though because he's he's close enough where he could definitely jump a few spots. Because um, not not to knock on Brett and Brian, but I th- oh boy, <laughs> I think that when I we think get there, guys, team, don't worry. <laughs> Jeff's team could pretty pretty easily get into that range where they were this year. All right, so that that's that's some uh, that's some good praise because uh, Hollywood is coming off of a eleven win season, and yes. uh, Dubrovnik, as you're also comparing, just came runner up. Um, but we will talk about them when we get there. So let's just talk about the next team, and it's Tanny's team or Kevin's old team, the Philadelphia Yellowhawks, now known as the uh, Boulder Bears, right? Mm-hmm. And so this team has a pretty fun history because the Yows, um, they're one of the guys that were uh, our high school friends. When we say Yows, it's because it was Kevin and Kenny. They're brothers one year apart, and they are honestly will go down in history as one of the most winningest combos ever in PDL history because um, Kenny used to have his own team as well. But because of how inactive he was, we removed him and then we forced him to be with his brother and be co-owners of that team. And when Kenny retired, I guess, not retired, forced to be retired, I think he had about the second highest win percentage in the league. And Kev was the third highest win percentage. And right now, if you look at all-time win percentages, uh, I don't know where Kev and Kenny ultimately ended up, but I would have to imagine it was pretty high. Uh, But they essentially always played Dynasty Fantasy football, um, pretty much like redraft. Uh, In the offseason, they were nowhere to be found. Darren was convinced that the Yows both just deleted the sleeper app. Like, as soon as the season ended, like, fuck this, we don't need this. And then (laughs) come, like, August, they just reinstall and they're like, oh, shit. Oh, oh, wait, did I miss the rookie draft? No, okay, we got that. Okay. So, what's happening? And then all of a sudden, because they just, I guess, did not care as much as us, and it really showed us this year that fantasy football is crazy that they were always successful but unfortunately now they have been removed from the league not because we don't love them they're still one of my closest friends in real life one of my best friends I actually married kev um they were just not very active right darren yeah, but yeah. it's and awesome I, because the team is still loaded i blame kenny i blame kenny it's um, definitely kenny's fault 
because Kenny actually was the old owner of Brett's team. He was one of the original owners. The Dubrovnik Dragons. That team used to be Kenny's team. Yes, and as I mentioned earlier, I used to be your co-owner, but then you asked me if I could be Kenny's co-owner because Kenny because was, he was so, so inactive, inactive from the beginning, from the when the league first started. He was so inactive that Kenny needed a co-owner, and then I became his co-owner, and <laughs> then um, I basically ran his team. Like I, in the last pod I talked about it, or maybe it was a pod before that. Like I made the trade. I won the couldn't won change the, the team name the though, bud. <laughs> that pissed well, you won- off so much. <laughs> I won the, the first GM of the year award because of the trades I made as Kenny's co-owner. Like I wasn't even a co-owner yet or an actual owner yet, but I won the GM of the year because of the trades I made for Kenny. Um, Kenny will take all the credit for that till this day, but I did Darren, it that, That's the most legendary <laughs> offseason I've ever seen from an owner. Not only did you put together the blueprints of that team and made that six, you that team pretty much made the championship game twice yeah, because they, they, of they the trades that you've lost made to you both times. They lost to you both times. Yeah. But hold on. But the reason I'm giving you so much credit is because you also picked up Darren Waller for me when you were my <laughs> co-owner. So in one off season, you did the trade to trade Ezekiel Elliott away for Dalvin cook, Josh Jacobs, and probably some other ancillary pieces. Um, and you also went out and got Travis Kelsey to set up literally Kenny and Brett's entire trump cards, everything. That's because of your trades. And then you picked up Darren Waller for me, which eventually got me Lamar Jackson because he was a part yeah. of a really big package. So you were literally in one offseason. These are the type of moves you made. So I was like, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. And um, the reason we want to paint this picture out is because um, then Darren took over his own team and he can't make it work. <laughs> Yeah, Fuck, if only I could replicate some of that. I magic built you up myself. so I could tear you down. <laughs> if only I could do that for myself. One of these days, you know, maybe to. I told out. you why. It's because when you look at it objectively, you make a decision. But when your emotions are, you're like, no, when he's too I, old. Too old. Too old. Yeah. When it's not like you know, quote unquote, my own, I'm like, yeah, fuck it, that's good, and I'm like, so I don't think about it quite as much. But when I think too much, it's like you know, you make the wrong decision sometimes when you think too much. Um, but. I don't know. But I, regardless, I that, the way that the Yows operated, it was Kevin's team. But yeah, essentially, he would Kenny, run everything through Ken. Like, he wouldn't do yeah. anything without Kenny first. Yeah, which doesn't make any sense because Kenny would do shit without Kev all the time. Like, Kenny just traded away Christian McCaffrey without consulting Kev, and Kev was so mad. He still Kev's is. He's still mad at me until <laughs> this day. So it's like... Kenny would just do, I don't know why Kev was so, you know, nice to Kenny, I guess because, like, you know, his little brother or whatever, um, but he was like, he was like, oh, no, I can't do it without asking Kenny first, like, I, I need it, I want to get his opinion on it, because I want to make sure we're both on the same page. So, and hold then, on, hold on, you are missing one thing. The Yows yeah. are pretty hard to get in contact with, like, even for us, like, we're yeah. their real life friends, even and for I will text them Kev, and call Kenny, them, and it's hard. <laughs> Kenny is hard for Kev to get in contact with, and that's, and that's exactly what I was going to say, so if Kev is... <laughs> kind of hard but not very hard but kenny's literally impossible. impossible impossible like even even his now very serious girlfriend I, i'm just like how do you make this kid text like oh i don't i i just kind of can't and i'm just like <laughs> so it's not me it's not a, it's just like a kenny thing so when a guy that's kind of hard to get in contact with kevin is like you you bust your ass off to kind of get any negotiations going because by the time yeah. he texts you back like once you're like oh my god i have a 10 minute window to text yeah. this guy because after that, he's just going to, I don't know, wander away. And so you're texting him as much as you can for 10 minutes. And then he says the terrible words of, all right, here, let me um, check with Kenny first. And I'm like, all right, well, the, I guess the, I guess the negotiation just ended here because I know this is never going to be picked up again. So that's a big reason why they weren't there. But a good thing, though, is 
they I don't think like most of the trades that they've done have been very good. Yeah, for for the most part, yeah. And like, they, they hit all on Herbert because we essentially bullied him into drafting yeah. Herbert. But like the basis of the team that Tandy took over, it's really, really sound. You have to be happy, even with the Amon Raw Herbert. Like they have a really yeah. good nucleus of talent. Yeah, like he has guys that he could definitely keep, you know, forever if he wants to. Like he can keep Amon Ra for ten years. He can keep Tana, or Turbert, Herbert for ten years. Like Michael's keep... like looking out the window right now, like that SpongeBob me where Squidward's <laughs> looking outside, and Patrick and SpongeBob were running out. That, that's that's Tanny running around with Herbert in hand, Amon Ra, and they're like, uh, and Eckler is like carrying. Yeah. They was like, this is awesome. And Michael's just sitting inside a darker. He's like, well, wow, okay, I have Brandon Ayuk, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I you know I'm a big fan of Ayuk. I I actually regret trading away a little bit now but um that's just another receiver i wanted on my team i actually traded away amon Ra too <laughs> so i could have even more receivers but i just you know some at some point you run out of room and it's just you can't have them all you really can't <laughs> but overall this when we knew that this team was going to be up for grabs we knew that this team was going to be very very easy to kind of fill a spot for just because of how great this team was and i'm sure that Tanny's inbox has already been blitzed multiple times by numerous owners asking for Herbert, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I know that um, I already have, I'm, I'm, as everyone probably already assumed. Uh, <laughs> uh, I know Greg has because I was talking to Greg about it. Um, so Greg definitely has, too. So there is uh, people. There's it's definitely, no. Herbert is a hot commodity. And I know that I tried to get Herbert from the Owls for like two years and... They wouldn't budge, so I don't <laughs> expect Tanny to, to do that either. So, Tanny, that is a little bit of background on your team, how it got there and the owners before you. Um, as long as you respond more than, like, once every fortnight, um, you'll be doing better than Kenny. So not very yeah. hard shoes to fill, but at least you have a great team that you've inherited. So with that being said, let's jump over to the next team. Steve Arsberger is the name, and it's obviously Steve. Um, he is, I would say, no, he's not really a new owner. I think he's been in this league for two years now. Yeah, I think this is, this would be his third season. I yeah, think. I think so. So he's been in here for two years. He was a friend of Max's, um, another one of the Oregon guys uh, that we will be talking about shortly. But yeah, Steve is one of his friends. And man, Steve is unlike any other owner in the league. And I don't mean this in a negative way because I think what Steve brings to the table uh, really takes the PDL over the top, but it's really hard to articulate what that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Steve has a hard and fast price on all of his guys and all of his guys that he wants to trade for. Um, He knows what they're worth and what he's going to get. If he doesn't get it, you don't get him. He is like a boulder trying to move it up a mountain. You will not sway him one way or another. He Which makes sense because he's time. also currently in Colorado. So shout out to, uh, I know, uh, Tanny making his team in Boulder. He's the guy over in Colorado, if we ever mention that. And I, I think that that comes with age, too, because I think, I might be wrong, but I think Steve might be the oldest guy in the league. Um, I think yeah, probably about 20 years older than Tanny because I know that he's in school. So, um could be like a father-son relationship there. Maybe Steve will groom him and make him the next Steve. <laughs> but Steve's like a cold-blooded assassin. I think yes. that's a good way of trying to... He took to... advantage of Josh quite a few times. <laughs> he just knows what he's... He's cutthroat, but he's like... 
just cold-blooded assassin that's the best way to describe steve and one of my it's an all-time pdl moment Steve mm-hmm. at the owner's meeting, right? That's an all-time yes, moment. Eating his three-course meal at, on video camera, just like chowing down, just going. <laughs> so all we're all in owner's meeting, right? <laughs> Everyone is like um, getting ready because I have a whole list of things to go over. Um, you know, you're not just up or anything, you're just, but everyone's just like kind of getting ready to participate. Some people have pen and paper out, and I'm just getting the whole agenda ready. And then Steve logs in on his phone, what looks to be at a restaurant. And we're like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. And then, you know, as the meeting goes on, he's chowing on some appetizers. He's, like, elbow deep in, like, egg rolls or something. And next, he has, like, a bird. He just goes through, like, this seven-course meal. And his child's also with him. And he's still somehow paying attention to what's going on in this meeting. I'm just like, how is this man (laughs) out to eat with his kid? And just on a fantasy football owner's meeting. Like, what a way to assert dominance. And I don't know why, but... um. That's just an all-time moment because we have a lot of just fun pictures that we've just, like, took screen grabs of and developed into memes and whatnot. So you'll probably hear us refer to that as one of the most alpha male moves ever because this was really, like, that was, I think, the first impression of everyone with Steve because he was very new at this point. Yeah. Um, I did not know what to expect from Steve because I didn't know anything about him. And so, then, like, the, I think he was in the league for, like, what, one, two days at that point? Yeah, he, he was so new. I was like, what the hell is this guy doing? <laughs> like what the hell but that's uh, a perfect microcosm of who he is and his team is equally scary there it's mm-hmm. absolutely littered with superstars like i know he traded for nick chubb he has saquon of course this is the team with patty mahomes uh mm-hmm. he's the one that eventually got darren waller for me so this team is loaded all over the place with superstars but just doesn't have a lot of depth right yeah it's i like a lot of other teams though like i mean he's when you have the stars they can carry your team um, we've seen that with Steve, Brian, and Brett. They were all three of them were top five teams. They have no depth. We saw that with Brian in the playoffs, where he, his depth kind of failed him, and he wasn't able to put up the points he was throughout the whole season. Um, but Steve didn't have any injuries. I don't. What happened to Steve? He lost to Brian. Did he lose to Brian? Who did he lose to in the playoffs? I don't even remember. Was it Brian? I don't. I know his team. No, no, Brett. He got upset Brett. by Brett. Oh, yeah, 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 because the Vikings uh, blow up when they were down and then they came back. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah because so that whole game, Brett's team did nothing but his two quarterbacks combined for, like, 70 points. Yeah, so the, the Minnesota Vikings come back against the Colts. That propelled um, Brett to victory against Steve there, so his stars were just not up to the challenge that week. Um, Brett's were just a little bit better. But this team is definitely going to be scary, and because of when Steve took over, he also did not have a lot of draft capital because the owners before him kind of used it up a little bit. And so that's why I'm so excited for this upcoming draft, because this is going to really be the first time we've experienced Steve uh, this high up in the draft. And he knows all the analytics that everyone has. I know he's pretty well-versed on Twitter. And so he does have a different type of mind when it comes to evaluating talent. And, I mean, with a very small track, I mean, not track, sample size, because he has such little picks, I feel like each person he has taken, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty high value. I can't believe he actually got them where he did kind of thing. So I'm really interested to see what he does when um, he actually has some premium picks in the first round, because this team, as many superstars as it has, he kind of has the luxury of kind of being able to go BPA. Yeah, and I I think he will, because Steve... 
Um, kind of what he would have like, done regardless. I feel like. Yeah, Steve's kind of like a. He could literally have no quarterback. He's like, nope, not taking a quarterback. I'm just taking EPA. Yeah. He's like, I am going to take Jackson Smith and Jigba. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. What I was like, I'd be like, Steve, you have not. Why, nope, nope, taking him. He's shouldn't be here, and this would be great value. End of story. I'm like, I, I mean, he's right, but that's Steve in a nutshell. Cold blooded assassin. That's how I would remember him. So let's jump to the next team, Bry Mikth nineteen. That's pretty good. Pretty good enunciation. This is Brian, my good old friend Brian. I've already uh, mentioned him in the past. Um, this is how I knew uh, Jeff. But I was able to get to know Brian through a sports podcast. And he took over one of the most notorious teams, the Hollywood Hustle, which used to be owned by Jensen. And Jensen is also another owner that's very infamous because his first two years in the league, um, he did not win a single game. And he did this intentionally because he wanted to tank for Trevor Lawrence. And remember, this was at... 2018, 2019-ish, where we started the league, and he's like, yeah, I'm just going to straight up tank for two straight years to get Trevor Lawrence. I'm like, dude, there's there's an easier way to do this. Like, you don't have to do it the way that you're doing it. But anyway, that's what he did, and for whatever reason, after he drafted Trevor Lawrence, um, his activity started to dwindle off more and more, so I was essentially forced to get a co-owner. That co-owner turned into Brian, who eventually did a full takeover of the Hollywood Hustle, and from all those years of tanking... This team accumulated quite a gross amount of draft capital and a lot of um, ability to be able to do whatever they wanted to do. So as soon as Brian entered the league, his very first year, he went all the way to the championship game. Uh, And remember, this was after Hollywood Hustle have never won a game. And unfortunately, he fell short and lost. And then this year, uh, well, you kind of heard, he had a lot of superstars, but did not have the depth to be able to withstand it. So unfortunately, he was knocked out of the playoffs by me. Not necessarily by me, but necessarily just because of the injury bug decimated his team. So I feel like anyone would have been able to beat them, unfortunately, at this moment. But that is the story of Brian, and that is the story of the Hollywood Hustle. But um, Dare, what am I missing? Um, you're, we already mentioned before that he has a full-time job in football. Um, oh, not really. You, you can kind of uh, talk about that. So uh, as everyone in this league, all 12 of us, would probably love to have Brian's job um, because he – is he like the co-owner of Legit Football, right? Like so – um, he basically does what we all would like to do. He makes a living in sports and <laughs> that's the best job ever as much as I may, you know – talk shit on Brian's team, but he just wants to win. He's a guy that just wants to win and he's winning in life. So he wants to win in the fantasy league too. Hold on. We got, we got to address the elephant in the room, right? Okay. Your beef with Brian and future owner that we're going to be talking about. Brett, the owner of the Dubrovnik dragons. So, uh, Darren has been on record and I guess it's kind of true, kind of not true. It just depends on which way you want to look at it. Uh, out of all the podcast episodes we've done, there are two teams that are perennially disrespected in the eyes uh, or the ears of some of our listeners. And it's always Darren. I'm not saying disrespecting, but low key, always picking against Brett and Brian's team to a point where they actually released their own single standalone podcast episode that you'll be able to find in Spotify called the disrespected. So there's like this untold rivalry between, uh, well, I guess it's not really rivalry, but I guess some quote unquote bad blood between you, Brett and Brian. Of course, we'll talk about Brett a little bit more, but yeah, you and Brian, it's not like it's real bad blood, but it's always funny. Cause you know, of course I got to lean into that. Yeah. I think it's more so like 
them taking what I say the wrong way, though, because I never, never once said that they yeah, had to clear teams. the air for um, <laughs> because this is going to be the first time that Michael yeah. and Tanya are going to hear it. So clear the air. What what was the misunderstanding? Um, they thought that me saying that their long term strategy was bad is me saying that their teams were bad, which is not the case, because I both I thought that they both had good teams. I I said it multiple times because we do this like every week, like you said. Um, that there was like 10 good teams. So the two bad teams being Greg and uh, Josh, um, they were the two teams where I thought had no shot whatsoever to win the title this year, but everyone else I thought was good enough that they could win, um, including Brett and Brian. Um, but I think that their long-term strategy, I think eventually if they don't like, you know, make some moves, get some younger guys, get some depth and stuff like that. Um, then they're going to have the problem that Brian did this year in the playoffs where he had a couple guys get hurt, which were a couple of his best players, and then he wasn't able to crack 100 points. Ooh, one so. thing I forgot to mention is Brian is kind of like the Rams in this league where it's F them picks. He oh, loves yeah. that. He, like, that is his uh, reputation, and he wears it like a badge of honor. Now. F them picks. Because if you actually look at Hollywood right now, uh, as soon as the 2025 firsts were available, he traded it, right? Mm-hmm. He, um... He does not, they burn a hole in his pocket, so to speak. Yeah, so that's just, I kind of want to paint a little bit more of a picture because obviously anyone could look at Hollywood's team right now, even if they weren't a part of this league and say, all right, so this is kind of what this team is about. But trying to also paint a little bit picture of each owner so they could get familiar with them. But yeah, uh, Brian has that dream job. He um, is quite a good negotiator. He has his own podcast, actually, Legit Football. So Brian uh, can definitely share uh, his podcast episodes uh, for our listeners if they want to continue to be able to follow him on that way. So, yeah, he definitely knows his stuff. And if you are ever trying to get picks or anything like that, I guess Hollywood would be the first door that you would knock on. Right, Darren? Yeah, probably. <laughs> like, don't, do you have too many first round picks you just don't want here? Just give it to me. I'll, I'll give you some. I'll give you some players. <laughs> So, with that being said, let's continue on. We did just talk about Brian, so now let's talk about Max. Max is the final third person of that Oregon group, being Welch, Servos, and now Max B176. And Max is one of the OGs. Um, when I first put this, uh, I, you guys heard the podcast episode already about the history, but yeah, obviously one of the OGs, and he has a huge, huge influence on the direction that the PDL went. And now he's actually like, I don't know, Darren. Wouldn't you say he's, like, pseudo-famous, right? Because I know he has a pretty big presence on Twitter, and yeah, he, he makes all those giffy gifts that, like, a lot of people in the sports world actually utilize. So if you guys right now uh, utilize any gifts or anything like that on a keyboard, if you actually pay really oh, close yeah. attention, <laughs> you will see the words PDL watermarked somewhere or something like that. And all of those have been created specifically from Max. For this league, because he's freaking awesome. So he's um, he's kind of like the um, ace up my sleeve. Anytime I'm like, ah, is the PDL that cool? I mean, everyone has a podcast. Everyone has uh, power rankings. Everyone has this and that. But I'm like, nope, but not everyone has like a pseudo Twitter heavily influenceable person that can make gifts for the entire league at will. Like, that's awesome. And Max also puts together like the play of the weeks. He, he, he does a lot of great, great things. And it just so happens that he also has one of the best teams in the PDL as well. Right, Darren? Yeah, he does. Um, he was voted number one, I think, in the league. Yep, um, in the preseason rankings. faced Brett, who was on an upset uh, run there for a little bit until he faced you. 
Um, but Max is he. But Max I, um, finished first in preseason rankings and first overall seed season, as well. Yeah. So I mean, the preseason rankings weren't far off. Yeah. So it, it's you know I, I don't want to say it, but if Brett didn't get a little lucky with the weather and everything, oh boy. See, this is why we say Brett and Brian hates uh, Darren. In case Michael and Tanny had any doubt, but okay. go on. So they, they, they get lucky with the weather. Let's be fair. Let's be honest. Yeah, so Max's team, they all had, basically, they all had floor games. Like, they all played to what their, you know, average is, I guess. All his like, superstars essentially played, like, outside in sub-zero temperatures and record, yeah, like, so, like, Jamar Chase only had, like, eight points. Like, he had, like, all these guys. I think uh, Jonathan Taylor wasn't playing because he got hurt the week before that. Um, so he had, like, a lot of things. Brett had a lot of things go his way. So um, not that that's, like... You know, it can happen. You can have a lot of things go your way. And if you win, you win. It doesn't really matter what happens at the end of the day, right? Um, but I think that it's it's an, it'll be interesting to see how Max goes forward because he is uh, definitely a builder, too. Like, he likes to tinker and make trades and keep things moving. And uh, he likes to turn his roster a little bit. He does. He's also in a lot of leagues, so he has very, very good experience and prowess in negotiating one of the best, uh, which is weird because I've never had a trade fully implemented between him and I. Um, so I guess that's another fun thing that we could talk about, too, uh, maybe in another episode. So this doesn't run long, but Max is definitely one of the more actually every owner in this league is very, very active through trades, actually. Like I could think of pretty prominent trades every single owner has made. Uh, but Max is definitely one of them that is very, very active. So if you ever see this absolutely loaded Murphy Street Empire roster, um, Max is very good at never ever being like, no, untouchable. He's like, yeah, let's have a conversation. Let's see where, where it can go. So that is something I definitely respect about Max. He could definitely get deals done. So with that being said, let's continue on real quick and talk about, um, I guess, your biggest rival. By rival, I mean, it's kind of in that disrespect moniker that I was talking about. But now we're talking about XXX Brett K7. One of my friends in real life, I met him in college, actually. Um, and we've been pretty good friends ever since. Uh, there was an open league and he was able to uh, come in and I believe last, not this past season, he's been in this league for, I believe, two seasons now, right? Yes, last year was his first season. Um, so this And then this past season that we just the same time pretty much are concluding now was the second. So yeah. yeah, so Brett has been here for a little bit, one of my good friends, and he is also someone that I would definitely highlight as saying... I wouldn't say his win now. I guess that's just kind of the team that he inherited was ready to win now. But um, definitely more of like a redraft type of mindset. Because if you look at the roster and the players that he has, that's why Darren throws up in his mouth every once in a while. He's like, oh, God, this is uh, this would be a decent redraft team. But I don't know about a (laughs) dynasty team. And so because of that, that's why there's a lot of beef. Because like I mentioned with Darren, he loves all the young guys. Brett just loves the guys that will just get him the points because he's smart. I mean, he made it all the way to the championship game because he loaded up his roster with guys that can deliver for him and so that's just kind of the way that brett has been operating there has been some talks that he might be ready to uh blow it up now or at least slowly start to um get max value for some of his aging assets but uh darren do you believe him um no (laughs) i don't um i think after he lost the championship he's definitely been a little bit more quiet than normal but i i would also i feel like brett said the same thing last year though too like he said last year that he was gonna consider trading guys and he didn't sell anybody so i i feel like he's gonna try and win again um 
I know that you say that he's not really like win now like Brian, but I think he is. I think that he wants to win. I mean, all of his transactions prove that, right? Yeah, like he's the, he's trading away future picks too. Like I don't think he has his own pick until 2025. So I, I think he's he's out there trading away. I think unless somebody offers him a pick that he – or not a pick, but like a player – like a trade. Like someone offers him something he can't refuse I think is the only way that Brett trades away. Like he's not going to go out of his way to be like, uh, okay, let me yeah. see if anyone wants Dalvin Cook or Josh Jacobs right now. Yeah, I think that he is – I mean he should – be trying to trade those guys especially Travis Kelsey like if Max actually comes at him and he's like I don't know if this is gonna be the case but if Max offers that first round pick he has and he's like I'll give you this first round pick for Travis Kelsey he should probably consider it because Travis Kelsey's like old like he's I know he's I know he's still amazing the prop again what did I tell you Michael (laughs) and Tanny Darren's like he would be lucky to get a First round pick he's for Travis. 34. Get the fuck out of here. He's 34. This is a tight premium league, and you're telling me that you don't. He's 34. If I, had a first, if I max right now, and that's all it takes, that I would have sent that trade yesterday. Get the all fuck right, out of here. Oh here's Tommy God. trying to drive up the price for his friend. Are you? No. Are you kidding me? Right now, he's 34. If, right now, right now, if <laughs> Brett said, "Yeah, Tommy, it, all it takes is one first round pick." Yeah, it might not be 2023, but I will give him a first round pick immediately for Travis. Get the, I don't yeah, get but it's not a 2023 pick. That doesn't help him right away. Fine. Uh, okay. He could, then he could I guess he'll cost more than a first-round pick for me. But for you, you're just saying he's lucky to get a first-round pick at all. In this and The league? one that Max has is what, 110? Yeah. You're saying Travis Kelsey's worth 110? He's 34. Oh, my. I'm sorry, listeners. For Okay, hold on. Let, we'll, we'll argue about this later. Let's, let's just wrap up this episode. We're down to the last person, and it's me. <laughs> I am the commissioner of this league. I, I, don't, I don't really remember what I talked about in the history of the pod. Maybe I should have listened to that before I recorded. But overall, I'm the commissioner of this league. I try my best not to be a dictator, uh, almost to a fault. I definitely recognize that in myself. I try to please too many people. So sometimes I do have to swing the hammer, which I never, ever do. But um, that's something that's um, resonating a little bit with me a little bit more now but um yeah i'm someone that just has no life i love fantasy football and it's not uncommon for me to pour a lot of time and resource into the league and kind of give the league a little bit of gifts and things like that that's how i tricked darren to be in here the reason why darren wasn't a major uh, co-owner to begin with was because he was in so many other leagues but i like to lie to myself and say well as soon as I knew that Darren agreed to be my co-owner, I knew it was over for you, Darren, because I knew I was going to do so much for this league that if you even peeked out, you'd be like, fuck, that'd be, that's kind of cool what Tommy's doing. That'd be cool if that was a part of my other league. And I would like to lie to myself and say that influence you. But overall, um, I'm just really trying my best to make this league really special because, uh, uh, the, I guess one last update about me is I'm I'm expecting a child this year. My very first child. Um, I know a lot of my time is going to diminish, but at the same time, I also know I use fantasy football as an escape. So anytime I do these actual projects, it's never a burden for me. It's something I look forward to doing. So I know when I get real burnt out, all those sleepless nights with the baby, I will use fantasy football to recharge. So that's why I have some optimism that the project will continue. But no, that's overall me. I've been playing fantasy football with Darren forever. Um, Actually, Darren, am I a control freak? Because I feel like every time... I'm doing a league. I'm always the commissioner, but I never really yeah. thought about it. So maybe that's a better question for you. Um, we've played a lot of fantasy football together, and I feel like almost always I'm the commissioner of whatever whatever league I force you to be a part of. So what does that say about me? Um, 
I don't know. I mean, this league wouldn't be what it is without you because you put a lot of time and effort into it and everything, and you um, make this like I, I. If you didn't ask me to do the podcast, I wouldn't be doing this right now. So it's like it's something yeah, that you. Yeah, you're a good friend. That that's why I can trick you into the stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's something that you you've really made it what it is. You really have, um, and it helps that you are actually good and winning in the league because it probably makes it more enjoyable for you. Um, because if you were down there and you had a team that looked like Greg's per se, Greg or Michael's team, oh my god, yeah, are you kidding you me? Would, you would probably not want to do the stuff that you do now. Um, it helps that you have Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson and you have Chris McCaffrey. You have a lot of good players. So when you're watching the games on Sunday, you're like, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm not you know. like, oh, Brandon Ayuk, my only player that I could cheer on. Yeah, or uh, Davis Mills uh, on the other end of the spectrum. Or, you know, uh, superstar Brock Purdy. I mean, at that point, I'm just watching college football, right? Oh. I'm, I'm just watching Bijan clips. Greg actually requested that I stop talking about Brock Purdy and I start talking about Rashid Shahid because <laughs> <laughs> that's a request that he made. <laughs> he, he said because we were talking about it. Um, oh, you're probably pumped because you love wider. I bet you love that guy because he's a receiver. Oh yeah, too. Rashid. He's he's an awesome name, and I was like low key like no one really talks about him, but he's actually been pretty good because I saw somewhere that so he's good. actually. He's actually averaging the same points per game as Chris Olave. So, like, low-key, he's been, like, pretty good, but no one really talks about him. Um, How many offers have you made to Greg for him already? Be honest. None, because I can't I can't acquire a receiver of that tier because that would, just be, that would just that, be That ridiculous. would just be madness. <laughs> like, he would be, like, my third I would actually have receiver. to sit you down if you did that, Darren. Yeah, like... It would be nice to have a guy like that, but at the same time, I would never start him. So, like, why am I doing that? <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But, yeah, so I am um, – yeah, that's me. Uh, I am the owner of the Delco Dreamers. Um, I am now, uh, even though it's kind of anticlimactic uh, due to the nature, and I guess this is the first podcast since that's officially recognized, but I am technically the very first two-time winner of the PDL ever. Um, I've been pretty outspoken saying I was going to blow it all up if I were to win. Um, but it has come to my attention that all of you guys suck at fantasy football and my window to be able to win three and four is very much possible. And so to say that I was the very first dynasty in my own league, are you kidding me? Yeah, I gotta take it. So yeah, this is the official news of obviously us trying to run it back. I know that's news that uh, Max probably doesn't want to hear, but it doesn't matter because Max has my numbers. Uh, he's beat me three times in a row in our last three matchups. But regardless, it should be fun because the parity in this league is definitely diminishing. So this is honestly me telling myself this is probably going to be my last opportunity to win a championship in a long, long time because everyone that we keep bringing into this league is so darn talented. So with that being said, Darren... Um, I guess I'm going to have to go try to get Travis Kelsey now because apparently his price is like barely a first round pick because he's 34 because I've been yelled at that. <laughs> he is 34. You should try and get him. If you can get him for a first round pick. Because it's just like, like if my, all right, if my team was as good as yours and Max's team, yes, I would trade a first and a second. And in, in like in a second, not first and a second, a first. I already, text, I already texted Max that I'm going for Kelsey because if I get Kelsey, not only do I have Kelsey, but I blocked <laughs> Max from getting Kelsey. You know what I'm trying to say? This is like a, this is a double whammy. Like I'm willing to overpay for this. Like it's coming one of these days. It's coming because 
He's 34, so, like, you, he can't be good forever. He just can't, you know? Like, he can't be good forever. So one of the, like, we what saw... What signs? What signs have you seen? Did, did he, uh, did he not necessarily... get that much separation on this one route what, that you saw? What... Or did he have the poopy diaper pants and you're like, oh, my God, it's over for him? What signs have you seen, did you see, with Russell Wilson, though? That's, that's fair. Well, Wilson kind of got hurt and he kind of looked, like, Travis Kelsey has never looked bad, ever. Yeah, I know, but there doesn't always need to be signs. Like he's got, it's just you know, father. Maybe Tom, he's the it, anomaly, though, right? Because he is the anomaly. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if there is anomalies because eventually keep this up. It's keep, this up. keep this up. Eventually, yeah. you know, Travis Kelsey might only be worth a third, right? Well, no. Oh, <laughs> too far. I went too far. He's worth the right. first. <laughs> he's oh worth the first. Maybe a little more, but I mean, it's. He is Darren's old, like, I don't know. Old. I gotta check my offshore accounts. Gotta move some money around. Maybe a little He's bit old, more. Man. He's old. <laughs> all right, guys. This is actually a perfect little microcosm of how all our podcasts go. We ramble. I yell at Darren, and it's kind of off the walls. But regardless, thanks for sticking around. Hopefully, you guys uh, learned something because I definitely did not. But with that being said, <laughs> um, I guess the last thing I'm gonna leave on is Darren. You think we're gonna see a trade soon? Uh, I think with the new owners and everything, and, like, everyone put, like, all of their players on the trade block, um, so I think we probably... I think the bug's going around, because, obviously, the trade deadline happened, and now everyone's open to trade. I think people are definitely trying to make a move. Yeah, I I think it's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Really excited to see what that is, and, uh, until next time, guys, uh, I guess we'll catch you later. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed your meal. We'll catch you next time.